Welcome to the podcast, Canadian Culture. I'm your host, Rhea Beaumont. In this episode, we continue with part two of the interview with renowned director, Don Shabib. You know, Don, your career has spanned nearly 70 years with such a diverse set of films. It's absolutely incredible. Oh, I've been making films since 1953. My first film was about surfers, so it had surf music in it. <laughs> the Beach Boys. I was going to ask you if you used their their music because the guitarist from the Beach Boys, Al Jardine, stayed with you when you were out in California, in Los Angeles, um, when you began your career, and you went to UCLA. One of your classmates was Francis Ford Coppola, and you worked with him on Dementia 13, and you also knew Jim Morrison. It's pretty incredible. You've said that the work um, of Marshall McLuhan has influenced your outlook when you were first starting out, and I wondered, how has it impacted your art and uh, your views towards cinema? Not really specifically in in effect, but I, I immediately plugged into his thesis that the medium is is in itself is the message. Uh, it's it's in some ways it's not what you say; it's how you say it. And certainly that's true of film, because film is about texture. Um, it's not just about images; it's about sound, and it's about the kind of cinematic noise as in is as in you know broadcasting noise it's the kind of cinematic noise that it creates and the alternation between various textures of quiet or, uh, and and loud and boisterous and romantic and every time you change these textures the uh the film moves forward so film is kind of like electrical current it's which is you know negative and positive ions and negative and positive sources of energy turning each other over which is how the electric motor works uh and it's the same way that this energy drives the films forward unlike the theater which is time for time music and uh film are the only two arts where time plays a part. There's no time in uh, in uh, the Mona Lisa, and there's no time in in the theater. It's 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 all real time. But in film and in, and in music, you can expand time. You can slow time down. You can take a long time to experience the most romantic moment in the film, and uh, and it's like. A, getting your taxes in five minutes as opposed to five days. So you you are compressing and expanding time in film uh, more so than in any other art, except the only one that's close is music. Well, I'm with you on that. A couple of years ago, I released an album, and it was called, of all things, Timeless. So there you go. I think modern music more than traditional music grasps this um, I mean as as you well know there's a lot of music I think the correct word is hypnagogic which is um, extra, kind of repetitive driven driving you know um, glasses music is very much like that uh, so it's very much like a mixture of different kinds of textures as opposed to melodies 
Yes, I know the type of music that you mean, and it can be very powerful. Well, you've had a career with such an extraordinary range of style and subject matter, and you have a new project in the works that hasn't even been released yet. Can you tell us a bit about it uh, without giving too much away, since it's not out? Well, basically, in a sentence, it's about a female detective who investigates a murder of a woman who she then discovers was on a phone chat app and thinking that she might have met the person who was responsible for her death on that app. She joins the app on her own and develops a relationship with a man who then turns out to be the prime suspect, even though they've only met on the phone and not in real life. So if if the, if the main character, uh, the, the female police officer, had worked in a hardware store, there's no movie. There's only a movie there because she's caught on an, in a dilemma uh, where she's got a, a conflict of interest. And that's what makes a movie. And I assume you're going to have a, a wonderful score in this film as well? Well, the music that overrides the entire film is... The, is Madame Butterfly by Puccini. It has an integral part of the film and is really explosively romantic, even more so than it is in the opera, because it's used differently. Mm, Okay. Well, with this pandemic, uh, COVID-19, are your plans affected? I would assume that the film release is going to be delayed by quite a bit. Yes, I have no idea what, what's happening, and nor does anybody else in the business. When will we ever be in a theater to see films again? I do not know. I'd say it's at least two or three years away. Even when they get a vaccine, everybody's going to be saying, well, you go and try it first, and let me know how it works. <laughs> and movies are worse because you're in an enclosed room as opposed to being in a big arena or outside. It's a tricky film in a tricky time, uh, not just because of COVID, but because of the whole Me Too movement. Um, and uh, we're in a time of, I think, uh, a lot of political moves are being made. Uh, politics is invading everything. You know, you it, it gets to the point where people are going to be saying, you can't do Romeo and Juliet because Juliet has to be completely rewritten because it was written by a man. But one can also argue you can't do uh, Gone with the Wind because Rhett Butler was written by a woman. And there's a lot of this kind of very anti-artistic 1950s, almost McCarthyism sentiments that's coming back that is... uh, much more on the left side of the spectrum than the right side, that is, uh, I find, extremely abhorrent, and that which is why I'm such a big admirer of uh, Jordan Peterson, who's fighting against that kind of tyranny against art, which has become politicized. And I, I think that's the biggest danger in art today that is becoming regimented and politicized and uh, uh, it's horrible and it's at the end of my artistic career so it's not going to affect me very much and I'm not going to pay any attention to it anyways 
But for emerging artists, I think it's going to be extremely difficult, and uh, it is something that we expect from the 1950s. Well, everything in 2020 is so highly politicized, especially with the American election. Yeah. Your work has been a hugely formative influence on the Canadian film industry and on the international scene as well. You changed the direction of Canadian film, and I'm sure many listeners are looking forward to your new work. Uh, what's the title of the new movie? Night Talk. Night Talk is the name of the app that she joins. For listeners who are interested, especially film students, Don Shabib's film archives are held at the Toronto International Film Festival, or TIFF, reference library, which has original scripts with annotations, so it's a very interesting collection. Don, as always, it's been hugely informative talking to you today, and I want to thank you very much for your time and joining me on the podcast. I'd like to wish you the very best with your new film. Thank you, Rhea. And during COVID in particular... Uh, stay safe and stay well. You too. Bye-bye. I'm Maria Beaumont with Don Shabib. For more materials, visit CanadianCulturePodcast.com and you can support the podcast at Patreon.com slash Beaumont. Thanks for listening. Until next time.